0: Well, listen, I appreciate you coming by and chatting with us. Thanks for making me come. You're very welcome. I know you said it was early for you, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Um, So today we wanted to talk about a number of different things. Mm -hmm. But first, let me just start by introducing who we are. So we're Gents Post. (coughs) We're a Canadian men's online lifestyle publication. It's only for Canadian men? Well, I mean, if you're American, you're more than welcome to read about it. I know you've been living in the States. Right. I'm still a Canadian man. But you're still a Canadian at heart. No, no. A Canadian, I'm not man. I am just purebred. I will always be Canadian. Always, okay. But you left the winters. I left
1: uh, 17 years ago, but that's okay. not the point. The point that's... is, I never gave up my citizenship.
0: Okay, <laughs> you could have dual citizenship I as won't an American. Do it. Okay, no. So you're not. An, you don't have an American citizenship. Nope. No, okay,
1: I wait till they kick me out, And then I'll come home.
0: Oh, I think you're okay. I mean, you survived the last president, and you didn't get kicked out, so you're okay. Are we going to survive this one, too? <laughs>
1: Maybe. Is, does anybody know what's going to happen? <laughs> is this he going to
0: survive this one? Are That's... we going to
1: survive this prime? What's happening in the world?
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. We're going to cover a lot of that. <laughs> there's some stuff we got to talk about. But our conversation today is going to be focused on a couple of different things, and the ethos of our publication is redefining masculinity for the modern gentleman. I don't even know what that means, but well, I don't like the way it sounds. You don't? No. Okay. Well, we're gonna get comfortable. Redefining masculinity. Well, the idea is, over the last couple of years, a lot of men being locked down lost all their distractions. Right? They couldn't go to see comedy shows. They couldn't play sports. They couldn't go out with friends, and a lot of men realized that they they had an affinity to (laughs) Pornhub, among other things. Yes, among other things. But they also realized that there was a lot going on that they just were simply unhappy about. Right? Whether it was their jobs, their relationships, their family relationships, their friends, their life choices, their health. And so the idea behind the publication is to really shine a light on those conversations. So, firstly, you got married recently. Correct. Congratulations. Thank you. And you had Cedric the Entertainer as... as my officiator. Yes. How'd you...
1: Why? How'd <coughs> well, Cedric and I are
0: very good friends.
1: And uh, my wife and I are both atheists, so we were like let's do this without any god stuff and we were both like oh how do we do that then how do you get somebody to marry you and then said jokingly we're having dinner one night and said was like i'll marry y'all and i'm like well actually anthony anderson said it first said i could marry you and i could divorce you too and i was like all right aunt no and then uh, said was there and i was like hey wouldn't it be good if said married us and so i i said to my wife she goes oh my god that'd be awesome do you think he'd do it and so we asked him, and he went and got certified online, and he did it for us. That
0: must have been a cool experience, That's having pretty, a
1: friend do it. Yeah, having a friend do it.
0: And, and I saw clips. It wasn't like a traditional wedding in the least no, sense. Either. No, it
1: was like, I, I was talking to, uh, I hate dropping names, but I, I have to because they were there. I was talking to Nile Rogers uh, about two weeks ago. I was with okay. him in London, and he was saying it was the best wedding he'd ever been to. It was like, he said from start to finish was nine minutes. Efficient. <laughs> yeah, efficient. <laughs>
0: And you had Bruce Buffer announce you.
1: Bruce Buffer announced us as we walked in there. <laughs> Again, that wasn't planned. Bruce, <clears throat> Bruce is a friend. Yeah. And he was invited. And I think in lieu of bringing a gift, <laughs> he said, hey, is it okay if I it. introduce you? And I go, I mean, I'm cool with that. I don't know if my wife is cool with that. I was like, babe, would you okay if, because, oh, my God, that'd be awesome. And I was like, all oh, right. Do you so. think
0: that she would draw the line at Cedric and say no to Bruce?
1: No, because she loves said, she knows said, she's known said, she actually knew said before she knew me. Okay. And uh, I've known said before I knew her too. So
0: Um,
1: he's common, common thread there. But then Bruce said he'd like to introduce us. And I was like, awesome. But starting from scratch was hosting my wedding. Oh, very cool. He, he, he really stepped up that night and I would say as amazing as a DJ he was, he was an even just as amazing as a host. Oh, very cool. And uh, he was, he really, he really kept that night tight for us. You've had him. For most of your career if not all a lot of it yeah well we've been friends for 33 years okay we've been friends for as long as i've been doing stand-up we used to dj
0: together we met djing together back in 89 wow okay so you're back in the city mm-hmm. any spots that like really make you feel like home um, I stopped by my mom's house last night, and <laughs> that made me feel like home.
1: Yeah. You know, really, home is where home is, yeah. you know. There's places I like to see when I'm here, but I again, I got in very late yesterday. I had a long travel day, and I don't want to waste time driving around and going looking at all my favorite places, because I had my cousin waiting for me at the hotel to cut my hair. Um, looking fresh. By thanks, by He did, a, a, fresh he did, fade, he did ladies a nice, and gentlemen. tight uh, he's, he's amazing, and you know what the thing is? He's not a barber. But Even he's been better. cutting my hair for 28 years now. I
0: don't know what it is. I have a cousin that cuts my hair, too. It's just a cousin thing. There's yeah. always a cousin in the family that cuts hair.
1: I mean, I've been cutting my own hair since the pandemic. Okay. Literally, uh, I started cutting my hair in April of 2020. I'd It was like a month into the pandemic. I'm like, hey, I'm calling my barbers. Miguel, you want to come over? Uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Well, then I just ended up, I had clippers. And I just thought I'd try it out. So I had, I had the mirrors that folded out, and I gave it a shot, and it wasn't too bad.
0: How active were you during the pandemic as a comedian? <clears throat> not at all.
1: I wasn't active at all during the pandemic.
0: How'd that feel, like, to not be I able mean, to do the I mean, good crap, because
1: right? I'd been going so hard for so long. Okay. At first, it was like, this is great. And then but then your sleep... remember everybody's sleep schedule got turned upside yeah. down. Nobody knew when to be awake, nobody knew when to be asleep, and everybody started going live on Instagram. <laughs> yeah,
0: there was that one window everybody was know, live. Everybody went live
1: for like two, three months. Yeah. And
0: Dean Ice was the only one who won that one. <laughs> so I've seen clips where you've openly talked about how there was a period of time as a comedian there was a sense of unhappiness. <clears throat> From and being a comedian? Whether you said it was from being a comedian, but it even came through in some of your performances, if I remember your words correctly, you said there was a level of unhappiness there.
1: Oh, there was was some dark moments. And then, I mean, if you look at
0: the way I was Mm.
1: at a certain time in my life and a certain situation that was going on in my personal life, although I tried to keep the front happy, you know, it was like killing me inside, you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, you got baby mamas and you're going to have drama. That's it.
0: I could tell everybody in this room, pull out kids. It ain't worth it. <laughs> so, can we talk about that a little more? Yeah, go ahead. What was that feeling like where you had to cuz everyone knows you as Russell the comedian. They see the outside and it's not like you're, you know, an introverted personality who keeps to himself. You're a known figure. And I'm also very open about everything. Right. I don't
1: I'm not the guy that keeps things a secret, so to speak, you know what I Did mean? Did that help at all? Yeah, it always helps. It's always helped me like that cuz mm-hmm. uh, I think when you internalize it, it 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 eats you up. Okay. And I'll internalize a certain amount of things because I'm not an idiot, you know what I mean? You don't you don't just go blurting out everything to everybody. Yeah. You you're you're not that much of an open book, but I <clears throat> it's calculated what I'm going to say, what I'm going to let people in on. I mean, I'm uh, as I like to say, I'm innately a happy person. I have a I consider it like the your pilot light inside, you know? Mm. You have a pilot light, and my pilot light is a happy pilot light. And I was in a place where I was with a person who was blowing out my light. And uh, I I felt very dark.
0: How would you pull yourself out of that?
1: Uh, We got out of that situation, and then, uh, like, almost two weeks after that, I met my wife. Mm. I wasn't trying to meet anybody. I wasn't like... Oh, I'm going to meet somebody. And I, I was like, I didn't want to meet anybody. I didn't want to meet anybody. I not want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to go on any dates. I didn't want to have sex with nobody. I was just like, um, I need time for me. <clears throat> and I never got the time for me. But um, between my wife and Lord Finesse, uh, I know this sounds ridiculous. So Lord Finesse, uh, one of my favorite rappers of all time, part of the Digging the Crates TITC crew, um, Produced "Suicidal Thoughts" for Biggie. He, you know, he's the voice in uh, Fat Boy Slim right about now. The mm. Funks, that's him. Okay. Anyway, he's one of my good friends. He recognized that I was in a dark place yeah. without me saying anything to him. I never called him, and I was like, "Yeah, Ness." I, I never projected it to anybody. I never said it to anybody. But he somehow knew, and he flew to L.A. from New York in July of 2020, and is still there now. <laughs> but legit <clears throat> Between him and my wife I, I would have I might have uh, Things might have not, We might not have been here today Right Yeah how, It got dark dark
0: Well How important Did you find it To have A male Figure That you can turn to Because I think a lot of men Struggle with that Where Well We yeah. don't talk to other men Well tell them Hey you know, you know If we're at a club And someone pushes you I will fight for you Yeah But I can't tell you I'm in a bad spot Um
1: I never, again, Nessa, Finesse and I never had a conversation about it. He just knew. Okay. And I think it's important to have those people around you that just know. The people that know what, what you need at that moment. You yeah. know, And I didn't need to talk to anybody. I just needed somebody there.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, even if I didn't see them, just they were in the house. And uh, I was in this big 12,000 square foot house by myself. You know, my son had been taken from me. You know, every, everything had been taken from me at that moment. Right. Um, pictures of my son were taken from me. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, wait, what the fuck? So, uh, you know, it it was a very weird space to be in all of a sudden. And uh, just to have somebody there. Uh, just to have somebody be like, hey, man, I'm going to barbecue. I'm like, awesome. You know? It wasn't like they weren't in your face and they weren't, like, asking questions. They just let you be. But they were there to kind of, like, make sure you were Okay. It's therapeutic. It its is therapeutic, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not the guy that needs somebody to talk to about it. Okay. I'm the guy that needs just to know somebody's there. Is comedy the outlet? Another outlet, rather? Com-
0: comedy's my therapy. Okay. Comedy's where I let it out, you know? Yeah. So 33 years you've been doing this now. Yeah. Times are way different. Yeah, for new guys. For new guys.
1: You I'm feel like you've got,
0: you've got... You're have got set in your ways. You don't feel the it's need to... It's not about do. being
1: set in your ways. It's about... I've developed an audience, okay. and my audience is coming to hear what I do. They're not coming to hear a woke version of me. Oh mm-hmm. uh, shit! I wouldn't want to come see a woke version of me. And what is? I mean, what does what, that even look like? Exactly, it's terrible. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like you, it's all of a sudden your steakhouse goes vegan. Well, no, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? I came, to, I came here to eat a steak, and you're offering me a fucking bean burger. No, I want my steak. And just because other people are going vegan doesn't mean your steakhouse has to change. Yeah.
0: So, so what, it's the same uh, concept. What do you offer advice-wise to the new guys? Because they're, they're trying I mean, to break you gotta into be this yourself.
1: industry.
0: I mean, I, I don't, I don't, uh,
1: it, you know, I have this saying, uh, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Okay. It means you got some soul-searching to do. You need to figure out how to toughen up and pull through these offended times. There's plenty of times in my life I was offended, but did it stop me from doing anything? No, it motivated me. Use this as motivation, you fucking
0: idiots. So I was watching a lot of your shows over the last week in preparation. Where's your family from? Lebanon. Ew. I'm just kidding. I think there's two of us here. I know, he just looks like another you. I knew
1: he was Lebanese when he said his name was Eamon. Yeah, that was a giveaway. Yeah, like if your name was Fatty, I would have known you were Lebanese. That's my cousin's name. Yeah, of course it is. (laughs) But you're Samir, and I'm like, I don't know. That's what you do with peanut butter. I don't even know if that's a name. (laughs) (laughs) You know what his father's name is? Pap (laughs) Smear. Anyway, this next guy, ladies and gentlemen. um, (laughs) You've performed in Lebanon. Oh, fucking Lebanon's awesome, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Lebanon is Why do you Irish. like it so
0: much? It's dope. It is, right? Have you been? I've been, yeah, a few times. It's so good. Maybe now is not the best time to go back when you I get mean, like an it's hour. probably or better or now than it was a year ago, but you know. yeah, well. Yeah.
1: Um I mean, I had a great, Every time I've been, listen, I don't like that the nightclub scene. I don't like the bottle service scene. I don't like the oots oots oots. But for some reason in Lebanon, it's amazing. (laughs) Like, I went to that Club White, which apparently got wiped out from that explosion. Mm. Do you know Club White? Yeah. It was like levels, like these big levels, like this almost, but like on a much grander scale. And every level was a VIP booth, like a bunch of VIP booths. (laughs) And everybody had a booth. And everyone's having a good time. They're playing crappy music, but it's not bothering me. Because it's just so, the vibe, the energy is so alive and so Mm. dope. And I remember uh, there was this moment where all the bartenders got on the on the bar, all the girls, and they were dancing with holding champagne bottles. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, whatever." And there's a big window like this, and you could see the uh, uh, the bay or the ocean front, whatever that is, right there. And I remember seeing fireworks going up, and I remember going, "Well, that's dumb. How are you going to see the fireworks if the re- and I looked up on the roof and retracted. And I go, this is so dope.
0: Only in Lebanon would they manage oh, man, to be able to so do good. something like that on an hour's worth of electricity per day. Oh, man, it was
1: awesome. <laughs> they probably had some guy cranking it. Okay, in the back, I mean? yeah. I know. When I got back to my room, I was cranking
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, you talked about your comedy being your therapy. Right. You've... Repeatedly in your shows, talked about your parents. You said your first stop was your mom, and I know that you've talked about how close you were to your dad. Mm-hmm. What was that relationship like growing up? When you wanted to be a comedian, when you're like, "Hey mom, hey dad, I'm going to be a comedian."
1: You got to understand, my family's not like a traditional Indian family at all. Okay, at all on any day. Okay, uh, we, I grew up, We grew up Catholic, first of all, which is why I'm an atheist. I um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And and my parents both worked. They had regular jobs. And I've talked about it in my act. Everyone thinks, oh, you must make this up. I go, no, my mom really did work at Kmart. My dad really did work in a chicken plant in Brampton. Right. You know, and so they were out by 6.30 every morning to go to work. So we didn't see them. Even my brother and I would come home from school and go to school by ourselves and come home from school by ourselves. My brother's six years older than me, so he would take me to school. And I'm six, he's 12, he's taking me to school. Mm. Um, we're coming back from school. There's nobody home till like five, four or five in the evening. So we they, figured it out, you know. Were they supportive? I mean, there wasn't like a, an unsupportive or supportive thing, they, they didn't know what it was. I'm the first guy, right? You know, it's like you say to your parents, Mom, Dad, I'm gonna be, uh, you know, name something a Lebanese person hasn't done. You know what I mean, you're like, I want to do that. And They're like, Okay, whatever that is, you know. If you don't really know what it is, they're kind of just gonna go, Oh, well, okay, sure. Especially if they know that I'm not going to go to university. There was no hope for that. There was, no, there was no delusions of, he's going to be something one day. They were just hoping I would be secure, whether it was in a factory or working at the airport. They didn't care, as long as I had a job. That's all they cared about, that it wasn't a freeloader. What was it about comedy that attracted you to it? Well, I mean, you're not... <clears throat> I think you're born this way. Okay, You know, singers are born... You could tell which ones took vocal classes and the ones that just naturally had a talent. Right, and uh, it's the same thing with comedy. You know, you can go take a comedy course if you want. You're going to learn the theory of it, but that's like it's the difference between taking a boxer size class and and boxing. You know, yeah, you 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 hit the bag and you did it in a rhythmic way, but it. If somebody threw a punch at you, you're going to get knocked out. <laughs> I mean, but if you're in the ring, you know how to move. You understand movement. It just—it be, all becomes one thing. Uh, the same thing with comedy. You, You're—you are. I—I I am me. I am when I'm on stage. I'm just uh, a little more amped up version of me. Right. But I'm the same guy off stage. Which, whether it's good or bad, it's just who I am.
0: So what people see on stage is what they get outside of. Yeah, I mean it's not uh,
1: as uh, in your face off stage, (laughs) on stage. You know, you get the license up there. I fuck with people up there. I'll fuck with people off stage, but not anywhere near the same way that I would do it on stage.
0: However, that being said, with my friends, I'm a little harsh. Tell me about the relationship with your mom. Very close. You said you went to see her. You know, my mom's 81 years
1: old this year. You know, but she's still sharp and spry. You know, her, it's just me and my brother, and obviously we have our wives and our kids, but, you know, it's your mom. I mean, how do you explain a mother-son relationship? It's our mom. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. It's not like we had a bad relationship, but now we got a good one. We always, it's your mom.
0: Always, she's always going to be my mom. Right, okay. So, you're here because you're promoting your work with the condo store. Correct. <laughs>
1: Interestingly enough, Simon Mass just walked in. Interesting fact about Simon Mass: His middle name is Painen. Painem. Yeah, so his name is actually Simon Painen Mass.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me about this partnership. What's going on?
1: <clears throat> well, you know, I've 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 done some investing in my life,
0: and uh,
1: uh, and it was usually real estate when I did do investing, and I never aggressively approached the investment world because, mm-hmm. you know, when you come from nothing, when you grow up with nothing. Uh, to have anything is something. sure. And uh, so when I started making money, I was, instead of thinking long term and investment, when I was buying real estate, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get this investment. I was like, I want that house and I want that house and I'm going to have that house. And that's what I was doing, which uh, uh, ironically was a good idea. But at the same time, it, it, you know, I was doing it just for flossiness. I just wanted to be the guy with all the houses, you know. And then I started living like a rapper for no reason. I started taking private jets everywhere and started buying all kinds of dumb cars and had 30, 40 watches. I don't, you know, I'm down to, I've downsized everything because I realized none of that stuff was necessary. None of it was bringing me any joy. And I met Simon a couple, of, a few years ago. We did something with Danny Green. <clears throat> and he was telling me about his company. And I was like, you know, Simon, I could use some help learning how to invest better. Mm. He goes, well, what have you invested in? I said, real estate. He goes, that's a good start. That's exactly what I do. And that's, and that's great. I go, but I explained to him, I wasn't investing. I was just buying real estate. Right. And he uh, took me in and uh, helped me understand how to invest in real estate as opposed to just buying real estate for no, for no reason. <laughs> you know. And what's the trick there? Well, the trick is, you buy investment properties. I wasn't buying investment properties. I was buying homes for myself in different places. Right, okay. You know, and you can only live in one place at one time, and and in all fairness, I just, I, I don't have a home in Toronto anymore. Uh, you know, I sold that house to Mitch Marner. Uh, oh, no way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How uh, was that transaction like? Was it in- him?
1: Uh, it was good. It was nice. And then he just gave me a Range Rover a couple of weeks ago. Uh. Me and a couple of my friends uh, saw
0: him on the Queensway. And, um, I, was, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so he saw you and he probably mistook was like, you. like, yeah, give me that Range Rover. <laughs> he was
1: like, what? Get the fuck out the car.
0: <laughs> uh. Okay. Um, so you've been working with this group now, the condo store. I'm working with the condo store for, uh, well, Simon and I've been friends
1: for a few years and we started working together over the past year, year and a half now. And, uh, he's really helping me understand the world better because, you know, you think, you know, like, Oh, I'm just going to invest. It's a very simple process and a simple thought, which it is. But again, a person like me needs a little bit more, uh, I need training wheels with me. And Simon are my training wheels. He's helping me get through it without making the mistakes because I'll still do the same thing. I'm like, oh, and we could maybe like, no, 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 no. You're investing. Understand that you're investing.
0: You don't need to do any more than you're doing yeah.
1: if you're investing.
0: Do you find that when you started, like, so you made the comment of when you come from nothing, something <clears throat> is a lot? <clears throat> Anything. Anything is a lot. Sorry. When you get to that point, and you said you started splurging, living like a rapper. You sort of lose all financial control. Well, if you lose financial control,
1: you're making a lot of money. So it's not like you were, you know, you you just, the problem is I wanted to do everything that I ever wanted. Mm. And, And the good news is now I've already done it. I've done it. I've owned the Rolls Royces. I've owned the Bentleys. I've owned the Porsches, Lamborghinis. I had all of this stuff. Huh. I, I've had you know gigantic houses. I've had in midsize. I you know I've I've literally got to experience everything. And now you get the chance to sit back. Thank goodness I'm still in a position to be able to do all those things. But now I'm a little smarter about it because I'm a little older. You know I'm in my fifties now. I got you know my kids are young. I got to make sure I got leave something for them. And my wife has kids and. They're grown. Does your perspective change as you get older? Yeah, your perspective definitely changes. You understand things better. You understand, like, okay, uh, when, I, when I got rid of everything, when I started selling off everything, I was like, I don't need this. I don't need this. And I never once missed any of it. And that's when I knew. I was like, oh, I, it really meant nothing. But I'm also not the kind of person that gets attached to material things. Like, give me that watch. I'm like, all right, whatever, sure. You know. <laughs> okay. And you ain't going to get it, but no. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, okay. And you're going to have to kill me to get it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not attached to it.
0: <laughs> so, no material attachments, the houses, all of that. Yeah, none of it meant anything. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. How much of that, you said that, you know, you did, through the divorce and everything, a lot No, it was no that, divorce. Sorry, no divorce, through the no. split. Yeah. There was a lot that sort of went down there. Well, no, that... that She never got any
1: of that. That wasn't like, it wasn't even on the table. So it was
0: all purely just you sort of saying, you know what, I just, let's declutter.
1: Yeah. She left and then I was like, well, the only thing I miss is my kid. And I was like, well, how do I fix that? So I had all these extra things laying around and I'm like, none of this matters. Hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you got, you got kids. That's all that matters at this point. And so I started realizing, well, this doesn't matter. I don't need it. And all I was doing was collecting all these things. In all fairness, if you want to really boil it down to the truth, the only reason you guys are doing all these things is to attract women. And if you're going to do all these big, flossy, flashy things, you're going to attract the wrong women. And I did that. So... Lesson learned. Lesson learned. It took me a long time to figure this lesson out. And a lot of warnings were there, but I, you know, I didn't heed any of it. Can you give me an example of some of these warnings? Uh, people going, hey, man, be careful. Okay. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it. I got this.
0: So it's important to surround yourself, though, with the right people, especially if, someone's, <clears throat> like, especially if someone like you who's going to be in the spotlight and is going to automatically attract those kinds of people to begin with even if you don't flash anything. Right.
1: Uh, and then you know, also I changed a lot of my circle when all of that happened too. I you know, I love all the all my friends that I grew up with, all of my friends that are here. But I'll be honest with you, none of them are motivated to do anything in life. And that that shit will weigh you down. If cuz if you're going to keep going back, like I'm not going to not talk to my friends anymore, but I got to look at them in a different space. I'm like, I can't there's certain things that we're not going to click on anymore and I made some other friends that you know are smarter are more invest like are are are, are wiser are richer are are more driven they have far more uh, um foresight with their lives you know they want things and those are the, those are the same kind of people as me and I'm like oh I need to be with these people more because they uplift you to get to these places you know you look at a guy like um sal from uh uh EXO, you know, uh, you know Sal Slaby. I've heard the name. He's your people. He, he's weekend's manager.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. The uh, anyway, I, I look at a guy like Sal, who I've known for a long time, and I look at his whole team around him. They're all, they're all motivated to do the same thing, and that's why they keep pushing ahead and they keep pushing forward and they keep doing big things because they're all in the same headspace. And it's hard for me to have my friends' headspace that I grew up with that are like, Yeah, I'm going to get this car that's a 1990. I'm like, What the fuck are you doing? And I'm going to put 800 horsepower in and I go, Who's this going to help? What if you're 51 years old? What are you doing? This is not the fucking life. This is what's wrong with you.
0: Do you have these talks with them?
1: You can't because they don't see anything wrong with what they're doing. Okay. They don't understand. They're doing the exact same things we were doing when we were 14. You know, riding my BMX and saying it was a Corvette. I used to call it a Porsche because it was like a half Porsche, half Corvette. And then I got older. I
0: go, I don't want a goddamn Corvette. Do you ever? Okay, so do you ever worry though that you know these friends of yours that you've known for so long, right, start to look at you and go, oh, because he's big time now, he's too big for us little people. Oh no, they they probably can do that.
1: Uh, that's up to them, but. They need to understand that it's, it's them. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you go, you go, you know, I can't do the same things I did as a teenager. You got to grow up and start thinking, you know what? There's no easy road. You're already 50 years old and, and you're doing the same things. Has that not taught you that there's no easy road? If there was an easy road, we'd all be taking it. Yeah, you got to put the work in. You
0: got to do something. Very true. So the people you surround yourself with right now. They're
1: far more successful than I will they ever be. They push you, they
0: motivate you. They Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, I'm friends with Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams. He owns the stadium the Rams play in. He owns the Denver Nuggets. He owns the Colorado Avalanche. He owns Arsenal football teams. This guys worth billions of dollars. And and I talk to him the same way I'm talking to you cuz I don't know. That's how I talk to people. you know. Yeah. But he likes it because he's like, this guy talks to me normal. When I see him, he's like, ah, shit, you're not going to make fun of me, are you? And I go, it's possible, Stan. It's possible that it may happen. But when I'm with him, you see people, Mr. Crunky, would you like anything? And I understand the respect level, but yeah. but at the same A lot time. those people
0: probably work for him.
1: Yeah, they work for him. And I'm like, I don't want anything from him. I'm not like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not. Asking these people for handouts or anything. I'm just I'm being around them and absorbing their energy and seeing how they move. And you ask them little questions here and there. Hey, what do you think about this? I oh, don't do that. You know, Do you learn anything from them? Yeah, I learn a lot I from keep- them because I look at what they drive. They don't drive flossy cars. They drive regular cars. I look at what's on their wrist. Do they have an Apple Watch or no watch at all? You know, <laughs> like These are all the things I'm paying attention to that make me go, Oh, right, I'm doing it wrong. Right. They're not just trying to show off anymore. They're not. They're not in, They're
0: not interested in what you think of them. They're interested in what they think of themselves. Mm. So it's them versus themselves, better than they were the day before. Yeah. Not so much them versus their friends, their colleagues. There. Yeah. they're not in competition with anybody. Right. So tell me, what's going on? What's new? You're coming back to, to Toronto at the end of the month, your show at, at July, your age. At July, July, end of July, July 28th, okay. Scotiabank Center. Accurate
1: World Tour. That's right. Hitting Canada next month. Oh, is, is it June already? It is. Oh, well, it is. tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, so the tour starts this month in June. In June. Okay, touring the U.S. and then Canada? No, Canada. Uh, it's all Canada. June, all Canada, July, yeah. okay. okay. It's going to be great. I'm excited to come excited? back. it four years. Okay. Yeah, my life is so different four years ago than it is now. Completely different, man. Completely different. It's insane. I'm like, it bugs me out when I think about it because, you know, there's... You know, like, if, you know how we live our lives is it's 2022 A.D., you know? Well, for me, it's like, you know, it's 2022 uh, A.B.M., you know, it's after Baby Mama. And then, you know, 2018 was before Baby Mama, you know? B.B. B.B.M. Yeah. Cool. Are you excited Library for messenger? that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Actually, he has a BlackBerry. I saw it Do for you? the first time.
1: <laughs> he would have a BlackBerry. You know what? It matches his
0: uh, moccasins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, w- I would be disappointed if he didn't have a BlackBerry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, listen, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. I appreciate the authenticity and the honesty to share some of that. I know that you say you talk about it openly and everything, but it does take a level of courage to talk about those things because there's going to be people out there that are going to hear that and go, "Okay." Maybe I can talk about that too with someone.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I don't think it should take courage. You just take. You, you got to be aware of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like once you're, you become fully aware of yourself. You you become fully aware.
0: Nothing is off limits to you at that point. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate it. Nonetheless, thank you Thanks, so much, Amir.
1: Shukran, Habibi.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.